Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Design, Create, Inspire with me, Bryn Young. I'm an architect and entrepreneur with a background in interior design and small business management. I have been running a successful award-winning architecture firm for over six years, and I'm here to discuss all things design and business. There are over 1 million podcasts to choose from, so thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I hope to bring you value with every episode I create, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to Design, Create, Inspire with me, Bryn Young. Today we're continuing our ARE series, which we are officially on PPD, which is very exciting. If this is your first video with me, definitely go check out the other uh, videos in my series. Um, or maybe you're just now starting uh, with me and you're, you've already taken all the other exams and now you're in PPD, so welcome. Um, if you want to know more about me, you can go check out some of the other videos, but I like to kind of just get straight into it with these, um, especially with this one, because there's going to be a lot of information. PPD is pretty big time, so um, I have kind of a lot I want to go over, um, maybe even diving a little deeper than I typically do, so um, I'll go into why I want to do that and uh, my experience with this exam and all that good stuff. Before we do though, I'm very excited because I have an announcement. February 5th is next Saturday. Um, if you're watching this live or when I first put it out, um, it's end of January. So um, next Saturday, February 5th, Elif and I are having a live to talk all about the ARES. Now, if you don't know who Elif is, then, um, and you're taking the ARES, you're probably living under a rock. Just kidding. But um, Alif is incredible. She is um, with the um, ARE Questions website. It's, I believe, just, yeah, arequestions.com. And typically, she's known in the ARE community as Leaf's Questions. So she has developed an incredible series of um, practice quizzes for the exams that are pretty much like sworn by. And so I'm excited to go live with her to talk all about her process, um, her experience going through the AREs, 
And then also um, a little bit about like her questions and what to expect and all that good stuff. Um, I reached out to her because I see her name constantly on all of um, the forums and everything regarding the ARES, and I didn't use her resources when I was taking the exams. But I think that they are um, something that has helped so many different people. So I want to be able to you know, share her information, even though I didn't have firsthand experience with it. And so I want a way to, um, you know, share it directly from the source, essentially. So mark your calendars. Um, I didn't tell you a time. We are going to be doing it at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So um, she's on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. So yeah. So mark your calendars. I'm also going to put the information down below so that you can um, put it in your calendar and remember. And then we'll also be um, mentioning it on Instagram and whatnot so that you can join us. Um, if you join us live, you can come with some questions for her or I, and uh, you can also just, you know, see us chat and um, yeah, we'll go through comments and whatnot. So um, she may even offer some sort of discount code for her questions. So join us February 5th, 4 p.m. slash 7 p.m. Uh, depending on where you are. And um, yeah, let's see you there. So to start off the PPD bulk. I want to uh, kind of start this off by talking a little bit about testing anxiety and mindset. Now, I've talked about this concept quite a few times. Um, if you've seen my ARE live that I did about fear setting, that's a really great one on mindset and how to kind of get over that hurdle of um, fear in the ARE's um, and fear of failing. But I wanted to mention it quickly here because PPD can be a real struggle for people. I've heard some people, you know, aren't passing on the first, second, third, fourth, tenth try, and it can be really deflating. It's one of the first, I mean, I think PA is one of the first real big design exams, but PPD is just a beast. And I think with it, when you can, if you, if you start failing it, it can start creating a lot of test anxiety. So I'm going to make a whole other episode specifically regarding this, um, because I think the mental health of all of us during this exam process is really important. And uh, it's something that is a lot deeper than what I want to go through in this, because I really want to spend the bulk of it talking about how to study for PPD, but I just wanted to mention it on here um, because so much of the passing portion of these exams comes down to uh, mindset and really test anxiety. First of all, taking a test is not fun anyways. And now when it's uh, such high stakes, maybe you've taken a lot, maybe your clock is counting down and now you're taking on the beast of PPD, it can be overwhelming. So I just wanted to bring that up as a point that it's okay, knowing that uh, sometimes you can go into these exams knowing all the information, um, you've got it, and you might not pass because of something like anxiety so you don't 
finish the t exam in time or you're just overthinking it. And so I just wanted to give a couple, like four real quick points to help you with this. Again, I'm going to go dive deeper. Um, if this is something that you are interested in, let me know in the comments so that, you know, I know that it's worth taking the time to talk about it. Um, but just four real quick uh, points that can help you with testing anxiety that are really helpful. Um, the first one's visualization. So this is something I always did. And again, I'm going to do it real quick because I know you want to get to the meat of the subject. But so with visualization, you want to visualize yourself sitting down at the exam, taking the questions, what happens when a question comes up that you have no idea, what happens when uh, you see pass on the the screen, what happens if you see fail on the screen, um, and just really visualizing you there in it. An important part of this is you do actually want to visualize yourself in the worst case scenario. You would think like that normally isn't the case because you don't want to manifest um, a fail, but it actually helps you prepare. So if something like the worst case scenario shows up, you are aware and prepared for that. So visualization. Second one's breath work. Really just focusing on deep breaths. Um, this was something that I always practiced. I would go in before I would sit down at my um, exam table. Before I would even start, I would sit down, close my eyes and take three super deep breaths and just relax and um, you know, breath work is an incredible uh, resource that can help a lot. Three is movement. So uh, we have a lot of energy and anxiety with these exams. So before you even go to the test center, doing some sort of movement, whether it's like jumping jacks, do some push-ups, even if it's like a fast sequence, yoga sequence or, or something like that, it helps expel some of that energy that can build up. In, um, in our brains and in our muscles and, and everything like that. So um, even if it's like a light workout before you go, it actually really does help. Um, and then the fourth thing I'm gonna talk about is hypnotherapy. So I have done some hypnotherapy after I took the exams. I wasn't as into it during my exam process, but I probably would have uh, definitely done it during it if I was more aware of it. Um, but I have heard from many people who have maybe, you know, had a hard time with this exam and haven't passed maybe like almost a dozen times and have found a really great resource in hypnotherapy. So it's definitely worth looking into. Again, I'm going to go a lot deeper into those and everything later, but I want to really get into PPD because it's a, it's a big one. And, um, I hope that was helpful. You know, everyone's in a different place in these exams, but no matter where you come from, uh, there's a lot of energy and uh, um, stress that comes into this. So mindset and uh, mental health is really important. Okay, next, let's do it. Okay, PPD. We are two away from the series being finished, which is... Um, you know, exciting to finally get all this information out to you. PPD took um, me a minute uh, to put together because it's intense and I have a lot of, I have a lot to say. <laughs> so let's just get into it. Um, with PPD, 
it's uh, bigger than what we've seen so far. So it's 100 questions rather than I think PA was 75, if I remember correctly. So um, with PPD, we're really starting to put everything together in a form, in a building. We need to know um, not only like the site and programming that we did in PA, but now we need to know the systems that come into play. We need to know um, structural. This is where this exam starts putting into play the fact that architects aren't just architects. Architects are structural engineers. And I say this with a quote unquote, you know, we're not, I know those professions are, um, we use them for a reason, but for these exams, we are required to have knowledge of structural engineer, electrical, uh, mechanical, plumbing, uh, electric, I already said electrical, electrical engineers, um, geotechnical, surveyors and interior designers, material scientists, acoustic designers. Um, what else? There's so much landscape designers. I mean, it goes on and on. And there's a reason for that because in, you know, when you're a professional, you will be working with a lot of these different professions and we need to be able to look at their plans and understand what's happening. We need to be able to plan for them. Um, but it also at the same time makes this uh, very intense exam. So um, I'm gonna just take it section by section like I usually do. I'm gonna give a little bit more tips and actually what is on, um, what to expect and what to study for those specific sections. Sometimes I do that at the end, but I'm gonna do it per section just because it's a lot. So let's start with section one. This one is only 10 to 16% of the overall exam, and that's environmental conditions and context. So that's gonna be a lot of um, what we saw on PA, and that's why it's a little bit of a less um, percentage because we've already done the bulk of that in PA. But it's similar where we're really gonna have to know site context, um, we're really going to have to understand how the uh, environmental factors of the site affect what we're going to be designing. A lot of this will go into play like um, hillsides. If you're designing something on a hill and there's some sort of water feature, where is your building best positioned? Um, it depends on uh, orientation, it depends on where the wind's coming from, it depends on your local climate or the climate that they're saying the building is in. Um, because for example, if it's a temperate climate, that's going to affect what we want to happen in the winter time uh, versus what's going to happen in the summertime. Um, if it's a windy area, where on the hill we're going to want to position our buildings. So um, if there's streams that are running through um, that maybe hold wildlife, how we're dealing with that. So we want to make sure, again, we're always thinking of the health, safety, and welfare of um, the general public, the animals, the environment, and all that. So with that also comes sustainability. So understanding how we can design passive houses, how we can optimize um, existing conditions to build a really beautiful home. 
and then that also um, goes into slopes. So I mentioned hills because uh, hillsides and slopes will really affect how we're designing, what the structure is going to be, what the drainage is going to look like, how we're going to get um, sewer and and uh, how we're going to slope um, sewer lines to our buildings. Um, so it's not just due to uh, wind or solar or anything like that, or I shouldn't say anything just like that. It also has to do with um, what we're having to cut and fill to create our pads um, and all that good stuff. So there will be likely slope calculations. So how do you calculate a slope? How do you read topography lines? So um, what is a concave slope versus convex slope? And um, really understanding what's being shown on a site plan. Um, a site plan is really important in this exam. There's going to be a lot of information where you're looking at a site plan and you're having to um, read what's going on. Um, maybe you're having to locate curb cuts or um, different utilities based on what's shown on that site plan. So you really have to have a good understanding. Real quick, I'm going to interject and say, definitely go check out the blog post associated with this video, this time especially, because I do give a lot of tips. Um, I give little examples of like a slope calculation. I give some different chapters and stuff to go to go look at in the resources. So definitely look at the blog post associated to get some extra study materials. Site planning and design handbook is really good for this section, chapter 10 especially, um, is a good section to reference for that first section. So, um, you know, again, that's kind of a, the smaller portion of the exam, so, uh, and also a lot that was carryover from PA, so not necessarily like new things you won't have seen before. Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, back to the episode. Section two is also um, what we saw in PA, codes and regulations. That's going to be 16 to 22%. Now, that's a bit bigger. Um, and yes, we did go over a bit of that with PA, like ADA, 
um, and the different IBC and, and zoning and all that good stuff. But now we're gonna dive even deeper. We really need to now um, be seeing how these different codes and regulations are affecting the shapes of our building and uh, what can be allowed. Um, what a variance is, for example, and when can we use one um, and understanding uh, how these codes and regulations also protect us and the occupants from things like fire and earthquakes and other disasters. So fire and earthquakes are going to be a big one for this one. Um, fire is going to come up a lot in terms of even systems, like what type of systems are needed and where they would be located in a building or on a site, um, even, you know, like fire access from uh, fire trucks. I That might be more on PDD, but it's still relevant. Definitely fire separation between occupancies is a huge one. Um, how do you deal with fire in historical buildings? That's important. Just, I would really understand how we have to deal with fire because it's a big one. So I'm gonna dive into section three, four, and five a little bit more because we, you know, we did codes and, and we did cite for PA. So, you know, if you've, if you've done PA, you know the drill. So let's dive into section three. Um, this is building systems, materials, and assemblies, and this is 19 to 25%. So this is where it's starting to really get into the meat of um, what we're putting in our buildings, um, what the structure is going to look like, what type of HVAC system is needed. And one thing that um, is good to think about when studying is the exam is going to ask you questions in a way where you need to understand the system. So for example, if it's a HVAC system and you're asked to implement a, um, a system for something like a hospital, you have to understand like why one would be better than the other or why one might not even be allowed. For example, one, um, like an air water where the air is being filtered throughout the space in the different rooms, similar to what we see in like a lot of residential. That would not be good in a hospital because it's going room for room, it could contaminate. So we in a hospital would have to design something where the air is coming 100% from outside into the spaces and there's no recirculation of air. So when you're studying, and you're looking at the different HVAC systems, understanding what type of systems or how different type of systems act, but then understanding why you might do something different. Uh, the other thing to think about like this is um, rigid systems. So rigid systems like shear walls, moment frames, um, these are going to be really big on this exam. Not only like, how do you, what's the moment around a certain point, but more so um, you have a client who wants to design a, a three story building, but they want the as much glass around the perimeter as possible. What sort of rigid frame would be best for that? Or what, what sort of, um, you know, lateral support is best for that. Well, we would have to understand that 
sheer walls would not be good for that because that would not allow maximum glass. So understanding not just what a shear wall is or what a moment frame is, but understanding how that affects how we design. So that will really help you in um, your study process, but then how you answer the questions. And that also goes into why it's really important to understand the material, not just memorize it. So I hope that makes sense. Um, okay, so yes, we need to understand um, like electrical systems and how things are placed into a building. The Architect Studio Companion is critical for this exam. Especially for this section, the Architect Studio Companion is really helpful. Pay attention to the diagrams that they have. They're super uh, beneficial and good to um, help visualize what's going on. Um, you're going to need to know stuff like STC ratings and how that affects a space. Um, what sort? What happens when you add a certain amount of material or what? how much material do you need to add? Um, even like lighting calculations, um, you're, you really have to have an understanding of um, acoustics and lighting and all that good stuff. So Architect Studio Companion is really helpful for that. Um, I always recommend the ARE 5 review manual from Ballas. Um, it just has a really nice comprehensive look at that. Also, what really changed the game for me with PPD and PDD was Amber Book and Hyperfine. So I didn't use those for the other uh, exams. Um, I don't know, maybe I didn't know about it or they weren't around then, um, but especially Amber Book for the visualization of things is a game changer. It's 100% worth it. Um, go in with a group, you can get a discount. I don't, you know, I don't, that's how I did it, I believe. Um, but I highly, highly recommend it for visual. Um, I don't recommend it as your only source though. Um, people have said that. I don't believe that is a great way to uh, go about it. I think you need to also look at the supplemental resources that are recommended to you through ARE or, um, you know, looking at different uh, practice quizzes and stuff. Um, I also love designer hacks. I use them for everything, even my California exam, and I think it's great. So just a little quick notes. Um, let's see. Um, Let's go on to section four, project integration of program and systems. Now this is kind of the bulk of the exam, 32 to 38%. It's a decent amount. Um, so this is what we're really like, everything's coming together. Um, we're putting all the systems into one thing and we need to understand what's happening. What's the building shape like? Um, where are things located? Where, what type of systems are we using? What is the structure? Um, what type of structure is the best one to use? What materials? Um, this is really uh, the meat of it that's, and I keep saying that, but this is, you know, this is a big portion of the exam. One thing with calculations. So we can get really nervous about like, okay, are we gonna have to do a bunch of structural calcs? The thing with the structural calculations is 
they're typically fairly basic and they often offer you or provide you with the calculations. But here's the thing, you have to know how to use the calculations. You have to understand what the calculation is even like asking and understanding. Like sometimes it'll give you the calculation and the information, but you have to answer it in a way where you have to understand what it's even asking. And if you don't understand that, you won't be able to answer it. The other thing, pay attention to units. So this can really trip you up. This really tripped me up in quite a few things. Um, pay close attention to what they're asking you and then what the answers are. So if they give you, for example, um, a question that has something in like pounds per square foot, but then the answer is in pounds, you need to know that you need to convert it pounds per square foot to just pounds. So it goes back to like really simple arithmetic, um, you know, uh, trigonometry, there's some trigonometry, but it, basic arithmetic. So, you know, to get pounds, for, to pounds per square foot to just pounds, we have to multiply by square foot on both sides to cancel out that pounds per square foot and then we get pounds. You know, there's things like that that's like, you know this, but it can get confusing. And especially if you're doing a long equation and you just leave off like that pounds per square foot and you forget to convert it, you can get the wrong answer. So be careful with that. If you pay attention to that, you can easily do the calculations. You got it. So pay attention to that. Um, it's hard, I'm sure, now with the whiteboard um, to make all the notes as easily. But if you can, when you're doing your calculations, always include the units in there so you don't forget. That's an easy thing that can make you forget, um, make you fail that question. So definitely worth it. Um, that also goes into, there's a lot of like conversions that they'll want, like um, cubic feet versus, you know, square feet, um, even like cubic yards, um, miles to acres. Knowing some of those general, general conversions is really important. Um, they may ask you something like you need to figure out the moment around a specific point, um, like if a building's under a certain loading condition. So the, the ARE handbook has uh, an example of this, and I really do recommend going into the ARE handbook for um, looking at the calculation examples. Um, go through all those calculations in the handbook, even like the cost stuff. I'll talk about that when we go through cost, but go through all those calculations and do them and understand them. It's a really good way to learn it. Um, and then also maybe have a, a there's not going to be a ton of them. If there's one that the calculation just seems like so overwhelming, don't waste your time on it. Just skip it. Just answer whatever, answer, you know, 15 and move on. Um, because if you take too much time and worrying about that, that's all the other questions that you might not get to or might not do well on because you focus too much on one. If they're all worth the same, some you it might be worth just knocking out. So I know that feels kind of weird to do, but I recommend that. Or even flagging it. Mark it, flag it, come back if you need to. Um, I talked about this 
already, but do have a really good, clear understanding of moment and shear diagrams. Again, the Architect Studio Companions critical on this. Um, I think it's page 31 um, where they compare structural spans. That's really important. Understanding what type of material can span a certain distance. Um, because again, if you're designing something and your client wants um, a big open space without columns in the middle, you need to understand what type of material you could use for that. So um, highly recommend Architect Studio Companion again. Um, and fundamentals of building construction is also really helpful for understanding this. Um, that fundamentals of building construction and building construction illustrated will be really important and critical for PDD, um, but also really helpful for PPD too. So um, yeah, um, I have more information in the blog post about calculating slope, like I mentioned. I also have some more information on like firewalls and all that good stuff. So let's go to section five, last one, woohoo! Um, project costs and budgeting. So this is a small one, this is only eight to 14%, but still have a good understanding of this because they're going to ask you questions. Um, things like material takeoff, things like um, the contractor has these two different options at these two different pricing, um, what would be better for you to recommend to the client? Now it's funny because I actually worked in estimating for a contractor for like four years and this portion still tripped me up. So um, I recommend going through all the cost questions in the ARE handbook, not just for PPD, but like any one that they offer in, P in the whole handbook, um, even if it's for like project management. Um, because it will help you study for this. And don't forget the units. So um, if they're saying that there's this material that has a certain cost per yard or like soil, it's a, a certain um, cost per square foot to export the soil. Um, and then what's the cost savings cost per cubic foot or whatever. So you need to make sure you are converting those units. If you convert those units, it's honestly probably not that hard to do any of those cost calculations. So just don't forget that. Um, and then it's just going to be like um, understanding the certain types of cost analysis analyses, I never know that word, that are done. Um, for example, like cost per unit. When would you use a cost per unit um, and at what project or point of the project? So like, again, if you're doing a hospital, what's the best sort of um, cost analysis that you would do? Um, and how would that be different if maybe you're doing a cost analysis in schematic design versus like construction documents? So um, understanding those different uh, ones. And again, like what would be uh, good for budgeting, like materials and all that stuff. So. That's a lot of information. <laughs> Again, I don't wanna go over like every single little thing. Otherwise, this is gonna be an hour long video. That's not fun. So go to the blog post, check out all my extra tips you need to know, all my little um, know your occupancy types, you know, my little like checklist, um, my important things to remember, go through that. 
And then, um, you know, I have my study tips, all those things. If you've been with me before, you know the drill, um, but definitely go download my ARE resource guide so you're not studying everything for this exam. You're only studying what you need to. Come hang out with Alif and I um, next Saturday so you can ask us questions and we can go over anything. And then before we go, I just want to give you six homework assignments for this. Six things that you should do when you're studying, maybe at the very end of your studying, maybe you have your test in a week and you want to just chill, you know the information, just do these six things um, just to refresh and know you'll be good to go. So number one, where is the fire protection required? Or where is fire protection required? That's important. Two, where is fire barrier required? Three, I have this, um, you know, if you don't have PPI, that's fine. But I, for number three, and this is homework that I had given myself, um, but answer the questions on page 335 on PPI. This was my own homework that I give, gave myself. So, um, and if you haven't, don't have PPI, they are still having a sale. Let's see, what's the date? For like two more days. Um, uh, at the end of January, I believe it's done, but they always have sales. So I have links, go check that out and um, get yourself PPI, it will help. Okay, number four, name the chapters of the IBC, three, five, six, seven, and 10. Name those chapters and know them because they will likely give you a lot of these chapters, but if you can't like go exactly to where you need to go, what table in what chapter. If you're having to like flip through them to look for the information, you're not gonna have enough time. Time is really the essence in this exam. Okay, number five, draw an optimal building on a hillside with some sort of water source nearby for each climate, cold, temperate, hot, arid, hot, humid. And then give the each, um, climate, a geographical name, location, just like for reference. So like Maine, San Diego, Florida, um, I don't know, Montana, like do, do that. Um, and then draw the optimal building in that location, in that scenario. Um, you know, the optimal buildings, the orientation, the solar wind considerations, what sort of vegetation is important, um, all that good stuff. And six, your last homework assignment is do the cost examples in the ARE handbook. Um, so go through there, do those, and that should be helpful. Uh, obviously there's more to it than those six things, but those are just good six things that I kind of gave myself as a homework assignment when I was studying. So good luck, you've got this. If this is your first time taking PPD or your 10th time, relax, you know the information, you're gonna do great. Um, you can always take it again. And um, and then after this, you maybe only have just one exam left. Oh, I was gonna tell you too, real quick. I did my story of PPD. It's gonna be two seconds long. Go to my ARE uh, whole original video if you want more on it. but. I took PPD twice 
and failed and got so frustrated and over it and pissed off that I decided, okay, forget this. I'm not gonna wait 60 days to take it again. I'm gonna take PDD in 30 days, then I'm gonna take PPD 30 days after that. I took PDD, I failed. So I literally failed three in a row. I was so deflated and feeling like shit, honestly. And then I said, I don't care. I'm going back, I'm taking PPD. And on that third time I passed. Um, so it was like, I took one a month or something like that for three or four months. And it was really overwhelming. It wasn't, didn't feel good. But by taking it one a month, the information was super fresh in my mind. I was watching Amber books, which was super helpful. Um, I was doing the hyperfine exam and I got through it. So I guess I say that because it might not be your last exam. Uh, I mean, your second to last exam. It was my last exam. And also to say that I felt like PPD was a lot more difficult than PDD. Um, PDD was hard too, but uh, it's sometimes not looked at as one of the toughest exams and I think it is hands down so maybe not for you but just go in it not for that to scare you but just know that it's a lot and you will get through it you just have to be you know head down get it done maybe you get mad enough where you're you just keep going <laughs> like I did so I promise you light is at the end of the tunnel, you'll get there eventually, and then this will all be a distant memory. Good luck, let me know if you need any anything, I don't know, but hopefully this was valuable to you and I will see you for PDD and hopefully I'll see you guys with uh, a leaf next week. Okay, have a good one, bye.